0: Okay, so here I am, after many more weeks in another rabbit hole, having to pull myself out yet again, so that my desire for perfection uh, doesn't get in the way of completing an episode. Uh, I mentioned in the last episode, actually, that this this glorious physical process known as pendiculation is the brain's way of waking up... Uh, the muscles in the body, the skeletal muscles after a night's sleep, right? They get put to sleep or paralyzed by some brain chemicals so that we do not act out our dreams. There is a uh, small set of muscles, however, that um, don't move our body around like skeletal muscles, but they're super, super important for this topic uh, and very important. We could have a difficult time living without them, and that is the diaphragm and a pair of muscles between each of our ribs called the intercostal muscles, costal being the Latin word for rib. Why are these muscles so important, you might ask? Uh, They do several things, but in my view, the most important thing that they do is operate the lungs. Hmm? pretty important, right? Because the lungs uh, don't have muscles. They're they're not made of muscle. And so they need to be uh, worked by these two, uh, by the diaphragm and the intercostals. Now, I'm not going to go into too much anatomy on this, but a little uh, science is going to help drive the point home I'm trying to make. The diaphragm is this dome-shaped muscle that sits beneath the ribs pretty much and the dome faces upwards towards the lungs above it and breathing in occurs when that muscle contracts and that dome sinks down effectively flattening out and it draws the lungs down with it basically pulling air in from outside because of that change in pressure that occurs and uh, there there is one of the two uh, intercostal rib muscles the external rib muscles uh whose job it is to expand the ribs outward to further enlarge that space so that we can fill the lungs with air. Now, super important for this point is that breathing in uh, is an active process. It requires contraction of these muscles. We might not be consciously aware of it, but you cannot breathe, cannot take air in unless these muscles, the diaphragm specifically, which is the primary breathing muscle, needs to activate in order to breathe in. However, breathing out can be very passive. It does not require activation. Those muscles simply relax, allowing the lungs to return to their normal resting position and effectively passively pushing air out of the lungs. Now, we certainly can force air out, like when we're trying to blow out a candle, for example, and we can activate the diaphragm and the external rib muscles in the opposite direction and help to squeeze air out. The second of the pair of intercostal muscles, the internal uh, intercostal muscles, help this. Their role is to pull the rib cage inward to continue and help to push that air out. Okay, so we uh, have the main diaphragm, the main breathing muscle. We could not breathe. If very effectively without it, we have the external uh, rib muscles, which help inhaling, and we have the internals whose job it is to exhale forcefully when we need it. And uh, this is really important because you might ask, you know, what does all this have to do with the wonders of pandiculation? And the key here is that while we sleep, that main breathing muscle is untouched by these paralyzing chemicals. Of course, we have to breathe while we sleep. The external rib muscles are affected to a pretty decent degree overnight, which uh, contributes to why our breathing is so shallow when we sleep. But those internal muscles, uh, they get put right to sleep because breathing out can be passive it does not require those muscles and so those muscles can just go right to sleep overnight and how this connects to the whole body pandiculation because pandiculating the body can't reach that diaphragm it can't affect those rib muscles and so we have to finish the job and reignite and reawaken those important breathing muscles through the jaw dropping and chest and face expanding action that we call a yawn. Yes, a yawn. It's not nearly as fun to say as pendiculation, but it is nevertheless a critical part of this experience. And I hope you all get a chance to have a full body pendiculation at least once a day, including a deep chest expanding. It, brings, it even involves the eardrums, opens up the jaw and the airways, Together, this is called the yawn stretch reflex. But there's a lot of things happening here, and there's actually a lot of reasons potentially why we yawn, I believe, This is uh, a most important one, and you'll know why I think that in the end. But science suggests yawning could be a cooling mechanism for the brain. All right, I'll go with that. Uh, The idea that we yawn because we're lacking oxygen. Let me just tell you that when we breathe, that's really important for bringing oxygen in, but it's equally important for eliminating carbon dioxide. And research suggests that it's a buildup of carbon dioxide in the brain that might trigger a yawn. The theory is uh, that this is connected to when we're tired and why we yawn when we're tired. Because when we're tired, we may stop breathing very deeply, thereby reducing how much oxygen we take into our cells and as a result, reducing how much CO2 we can expel. You can't let CO2 out of the system unless you take oxygen into the system. This is amazing. Yawning has been around, as pandiculation has, for hundreds of millions of years. Fish do it. Birds, snakes, and of course humans, dogs, and cats. They all yawn. It is incredible. In fact, yawns have been identified in fetuses as young as 12 weeks old. Now this is thought to be a cooling mechanism for the brain, but most importantly, it is thought to be part of the pendicular process because the last thing that happens in the development of a fetus before it can be born is the lungs have to be ready to operate, to work, to take air in. There's no air being taken in uh, when you're inside your mom, but once you are ready to breathe, a signal ascent that it's time to come out. And thankfully, this brings us right back to pandiculation, as well as this idea that yawns are contagious. Keeping in mind that pandiculation is a reawakening of these muscles. It is a, a getting our muscles in a state of readiness Hyperconnected to the nervous system. So if you see someone in your group yawning, then your brain tells you, hey, that individual is getting into a state of readiness for some reason. And so because we have a wonderful tendency to mimic behavior we think is important, We will yawn with it because we feel if they need to be in a state of readiness, then we need to be in a state of readiness. Now, that still might be the case on the savanna with the wild animals, but we, of course, are not worried about uh, predators for the most part, but our brains, deep down, they don't know that we live uh, in modern time. They think we still exist millions of years ago. Okay, we have taken quite a journey here, actually, and I appreciate you joining me. Yawning is a very important aspect of pendiculation to reawaken the breathing muscles and allow us to breathe as deeply and powerful as we may need to if the time is called upon to do so. And I hope that you have the experience of a full body pendiculation at least once a day, including the full and powerful yawn that awakens the skeletal and lung muscles, providing you with improved brain muscle connection, right? That not only enhances every breath, but also can keep you moving stronger along your personal path of wellness. Until next time.